They're coming. They're coming your way. They'll be here soon. Indians say the curse began in the time of the ancients. Legends of the Day of Reckoning, when death would consume the land. So where is everyone? The trade party was supposed to return with supplies two months ago. What the hell's going on, Murph? They're all dead. We're turned into these sieging monsters. There's one inside. It ripped through the wall. Hello? We got bit last night. Your sin brought the devil upon us. It was some kind of animal. I don't, it was deformed. These people are fucked. Bloody Disgusting rated it 5 out of 5 stars and said it surpasses its two predecessors by leaps and bounds. Is it because the werewolves jumped or did they jump? I don't know if they jumped. I, I was reading one that's the little something. boy jumped into a hole and died. So that was that's true. <laughs> I, I was I was reading something. Uh, what was it? Fuck, now I have to look it up again. But it was something like, this is the best Canadian filmmaking I've ever seen. Way better than any of the dreck Hollywood is putting out nowadays. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a common... That is a... What well, here? Um, that is the... Counterculture. That's from Brett Cullum of DVD Verdict, who said, It's not quite up to snuff with what came before, but it still takes Canadian horror above and beyond anything yeah. Hollywood has been cranking yeah. out lately. I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Rough Cuts. It's Ginger Snaps 3. Ginger three. Snaps back. Jazz hands. Hi, I'm your host, Ilian. This is my co-host, the Boyks. Hi, Watch. I'm doing acting like in this film, in this movie, in this film. We watch, we watch Ginger Snaps 3, Ginger Snaps Back. I think that... Okay, let me... Let me pause it to you. Uh-huh. The, pers the person that said it, it was Brett Cullum who said that it is above and beyond anything Hollywood has been cranking out lately. I'm gonna say that he's not wrong. I'm actually kind of curious. 2004 uh, Hollywood films? Yeah... Eh. I like the, the, but I'm like that's more a the dire state of Hollywood <laughs> than eh. I mean the other ones uh, let let me just read off here 2004 horror movies The Village Van Helsing Starship Troopers 2 okay, Alien vs Predator Van Helsing's Blade, actually fun that's the problem Blade, Blade Trinity isn't that the same year as, like, Dawn of the Dead, though? It is. Uh, yeah. I think Shaun of the Dead was that year. There's the Shaun of the Dead also, yes. Also, Resident Evil Apocalypse and Anacondas, the sequel to Anaconda. <laughs> it is the Blade Trinity year. It is the Blade Trinity year. I, it's, uh, it was also Hellboy. Hellboy was that. I, I that's mean, Hellboy not a has horror. horror. That's not a horror. That's, it has you can't know. It has horror elements. Like the. I guess, to be fair, this isn't exactly a horror either. No, this movie isn't a horror. It's a stage play. And a bad one. It's a bad, like, college improv stage play with Renfair actors. Okay, let's get into the movie it's ginger snaps it's the okay, same so movie we, we should okay we should preface this with i have never seen ginger snaps i've never seen ginger snaps my wife's seen ginger snaps i told her the plot of this movie she goes oh so it's ginger snaps i'm like yes yeah so this appears to be basically i asked her a did she like ginger snaps and she went no ginger snaps was bad i don't know why people liked it <laughs> <laughs> well okay, i i mean it's a it's a cult movie, like a, a cult horror film, right? Uh -huh. So, so it makes some sense that there's an audience for this type of film, just like Pet Cemetery Two, that had an audience. No, no, movie. no. Pet Cemetery Two is good. Fuck you. Don't you dare speak this name in the same sentence as Pet Cemetery Two, <laughs> a a movie that had 
fun. A movie that had an actor in it. At least one. Clancy Brown in that is amazing. There's great there's great acting in Pet Cemetery 2. The best actor in this is Hugh Dillon, who is a Canadian punk band singer and occasional voice actor for things like Left 4 Dead 2, and he is okay. Yeah. <laughs> like at best. I uh I think you might need to lower your mic a little bit because you're clipping. Okay, sorry. I'm mad. I, yeah. I'm mad. It's either because you're yelling or because it's a little loud. <laughs> One of the I, two. It's because, I think it's because I'm mad. <laughs> okay, just as a heads up for editing, it'll save you time later. <laughs> why, why, do my, why do my countrymen have to be so bad at making films? Well, I don't think this is a Canadian problem. The, statistically there's a lot of films that are made in canada you can't blame every film on canada right but this one specifically is canada's problem i can blame this on canada yeah (laughs) so okay from what i understand of ginger snaps it's it's a a werewolf movie turned on its head where they take the tropes of like the women actresses getting abused in werewolf movies and showing skin and they give the power to those characters and turn them into the werewolves so that they have control of the situation and then they're witty and sarcastic about the whole fucking thing throughout the film. That's my understanding of Ginger Snaps. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing that I've heard from people where they say that it's redeeming. Like, that's the one good thing, supposedly. Okay. So, this movie is not that. No. It takes that it takes that story, but it turns those characters into side characters that wander around aimlessly while other characters have scenes. And then mm-hmm. they just so happen to be at the end uh there, I guess, as as Ginger goes through her goth phase. Yeah. Yeah. It they're very, very passive observers throughout eighty-five percent of this film. Yeah, at, at least, at least. And they, they barely do anything. Half the time they're just wandering into a set. A character walks on set like they're walking on set. Mm-hmm. And then they do a scene as the sisters stand in the background and go, oh my god, like Whoa! reactions. It's like we're in a horror movie. Yeah, like they're... Yeah, yeah. And, and then those yeah. same characters just leave the scene and go back to their room. And then after that, they're like, oh, we should go to the next scene. And then they trudge along to the next scene. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. very stage play in, in its writing and execution in that way. Where, like... But bad stage I don't play. Because there's good yeah. stage plays, but this is just... Yeah, like you said, it, it hits this loop of... they So they go to a fort... Essentially, I don't know what the beginning of this is, because they don't truly explain what is happening with these girls in a lot of ways. They're just wandering in the woods. Uh We don't know why. We don't know how. They have a horse. They're not, like, beat up or... They don't seem particularly lost or beat up or anything. They're just in the woods i don't know they're fully like they're they're clothed well they don't seem like they're hungry or starving they're just kind of wandering and it doesn't really explain that except for when one sister eventually says it and the other sister is surprised so it sounds like they're making up a story but i'll get to that anyway so they wander in the woods and then they immediately find this fort and the fort is weird. It's got all these crosses on it and claw marks. Oh no, maybe there's something bad in it. And they get let in. And then it's just them going. So they get a room in the fort and the loop is this, like you were saying, where they go, they get the room and then they like look out of the room and they're like, Oh look, the guys are gathering in the mess hall. And then they walk down to the mess hall and stand in the corner And then they go, oh my god, that guy's turning into a werewolf. Let's, like, check him. And they do all this drama stuff around the werewolves and kind of explain what's happening. And the girls just sit there and watch. And then they go, wow, that's awful, and go back to their room. These people are fucked. And then they find, they they look at, and then they go, 
oh, there's a noise outside. And so then they walk out of their room and then a thing happens in front of them. They go, oh my God, that was incredible. And then they go back to the room. And then they walk back. Yeah. No, and, then, and it's just that. It's back and forth. An yeah. hour. Like that's a good hour and 15 minutes of this film. Yeah. It, you know what it feels like? It feels like a, um, like an MMO quest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like they have a, a hub quest. world. Yes. They have a hub world that they have to load into every time, yeah. and then they got to get to go out and see an adventure and then go back, but they're not involved in any of it. No, no. Like, they don't affect almost any of the plot and, until And any time they get end. a chance to affect the plot, the character's like, I couldn't do it. Yes. I couldn't do it. And then they yeah. don't. They choose directly to not involve themselves with the plot, and then just go back to sitting in the background. Well, you're referencing a specific thing that I, I guess that we should mention. So here's also the beginning of the film explains the entirety of the plot because they're out yeah. wandering in the woods. Unexplic- inexplic- yeah. Unexplained, inexplicably. I'm trying to mix uh-huh, words uh-huh. together. And they come across a camp with an indigenous woman in it. And it looks like the camp was attacked. And the woman speaks at them in foreign language. Oh my god, I hate when they but do that. It's in foreign language, but they actually got a Cree. A legit... Yes, it's in Cree. Yeah, and they just they couldn't they couldn't subtitle that. They, they just didn't anything? subtitle it. They just said in foreign language. Yeah. So wow. then she speaks a little English at them and goes, "You're cursed. You must." Kill one sister will kill the other, or else kill the boy. And, it's and like, that's okay, it. You have to kill. Yeah, you have right, to kill yeah. the boy, or else kill the other sister. And then she disappears mysteriously. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then they one the one girl gets her leg caught in a trap, like a bear trap, which lightly bruises her leg. <laughs> She's <laughs> as, fine, mostly. as bear traps yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, the other girl goes to get help. Another indigenous person, a guy finds her, this Cree man finds her, and <laughs> he's Cree Van Helsing, as you mentioned. He is, in fact, Cree Van Helsing. His, his name is just Hunter. They didn't even give him a name. Well, occasionally the subtitles mess up and name him as a different character, which is very yeah, so funny. I was confused about that. I thought his name was Milo, because there's another indigenous character named Milo that they keep showing. And they keep calling him Milo, but then when they come back to the hunter, they're like, Milo, but that's not Milo. So who's Milo? Is, is that just their name for an indigenous person? What does that even mean? I don't, oh, man. Well, like, the casting even shows that he's not Milo. He's just known as the hunter. Yeah. But at one point, even the subtitles put a name before the quote, and they named him Milo in Speaking the subtitles of, of name problems this movie is either called ginger snaps 3 the beginning or ginger snaps back the beginning oh god this game has this game this this movie it feels like a video game this movie has so many problems with names in general yeah. and naming things i i so the, the point is they get to the fort mm-hmm. and the man leads it, them to the fort and, it, yeah. it's a standard zombie plot Right? There's monsters yes. outside, we have walls inside protecting us, and there's a horde coming at us, and it's horde mode, and you need to survive the horde mode. Whoever si- survives the longest gets the highest score. Yes. Yeah, it's that. Yep. We've yeah. just gotta hold out here long enough, I guess. And and it's up to the other characters in the movie to hold out, not the sisters who were just there. They happen to be there. It's like, okay. Like, I... If if the whole first movie was about like feminism and power and and shitting on these tropes, this whole movie is just like frail women in the background, and I don't get it. Yeah, it's a full reinforcement of all of that until the very, very, very end. But by then, it, so much of it doesn't matter, and you don't care. Yeah, and like the other thing too is there's it doesn't know what it's themes are and what i mean by that Mm -hmm. is like not just the female empowerment side of it which apparently is what people liked about ginger snaps from everything that i've ever heard from people it so there is a 
tension inside of the fort, if you can call it that, where there is a reverend who is saying that it's, who's super, super racist, and mm-hmm. he is yelling about how... His name because... is Reverend Horton Heat, I believe, yeah. Yeah. The singer, yeah. God. Uh, poor Hugh Dillon, but he he plays this reverend who is all hellfire and brimstone, and he's super racist, and he's saying it's because they've let indigenous people in, and they've, what, like, the commander married an indigenous woman, so it's his fault. And you're like, oh, okay, well, they've got to subvert that and say that he's wrong, and this guy's going to be the villain. No. But they don't. They don't yeah, do that at that's all. That's not it. Same with the British guy who's a misogynist and is constantly yelling about women and punching them. And... No. Yep. Yeah, no, it's not just, him. He's there. They he's never not explain. The yeah. No, they never explain a reason for the curse to be here, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with not explaining that necessarily. It can just be werewolves. But then you have to have something else be the core point of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, there is something wrong with that because it's called Ginger Snaps the Beginning. Ginger I guess. Snaps Back. Yeah. The whole point is that this is the plot of how they became werewolves eventually. Well, it, it sort isn't of. though because in the first movie they also aren't werewolves. It's they the same actress. Yeah. We should also clarify these are the same actresses with the same names, including the last names. And. They're technically the same characters, <laughs> but in a different time. So I guess it's like a reimagining. I don't... Basically, yeah. Like, it's just a retelling of the same story, but transported back 200 years. It was also shot at the exact same time as the second movie, which is not in the 1800s. No, that one's actually a sequel from what I've seen. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I but, don't know. I mean, I'm fine with them not explaining the origins of the curse, right? Like, in a way. But then you have to have something else that's a central theme. And I can't think of one. Because the reverend's yelling about the reason that this curse is happening is the racism. And then, in the end, it's not... Well, okay, so the, the white It's not people... shown that it's not. Yeah, the white people in the movie think it's because of racism. They do explain it. They actually do explain the origin. Because the, the indigenous seer says it was because of of uh, diseases carried over from oh, white people. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But which like, created the Wendigo. Yeah, sure. White people diseases came over and they... But like that is smallpox blankets. That's but that's not even werewolves. <laughs> well, I think that it's more saying that they had werewolves in Europe, and then uh-huh. they brought werewolves. To... You know, I heard there was a werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but God. But that like that's not an explanation of why the curse is affecting here. Do you know this what I mean? This specific like location, not, yes. And, and like, these people and why, like, there's no real explanation as to why it's hitting these people and, like, melding into a theme of, like you said, in the first one where it's going about, like, mm-hmm. overturning those tropes. It doesn't do that. So, okay, they're showing all this racism stuff. Does it overturn that? No. The indigenous man dies at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. So does the seer. Mm-hmm. Like, so does the, uh, like... Seamus, one of, the nice... She- the actual good character. Seamus, one of the good... One of the good guys who yeah. has a indigenous wife who apparently died mm-hmm. or just isn't shown or whatever. And he has a son who's indigenous. And that character dies. And it's like... Okay, so well, what's what's the message? What's the... Like, what is the core of this movie? And I... I can't think of any theme or point to any of it. Like, a, a lot of yeah. really good horror is an some kind of uh, analogy or metaphor for real-life problems, right? Like, whether it's 
the dawn of the dead consumerism in the mall like whether mm. it's like uh the thing the fear of the other like this paranoia of being isolated and the anti-authoritarian vibes of the thing and stuff like that this like, movie has isolation it, just, it has fear of other it has all these elements but none of them are of, concrete no it, yeah like I, it doesn't the only message i can come up with is the breaking of prophecy at the end i guess but and, it's not and and sisterly like it's not even love it, it's sisterly um devotion i guess i guess like yeah, family the... devotion family's more important than literally everybody else I guess. Except that it kills everybody. That devotion yeah, it, mur- that murders devotion everyone. That literally kills everyone. Yes, but I that's guess the that, message. That's the good thing. To be fair, that's probably the most constant theme throughout this movie, that family devotion murders everybody. If you love your family, it will kill and hurt everyone around you. Because the other thing... Yeah. If you think about it, it, it is a through line. Because the other thing is, when they go to the fort, it is. The way that the one sister contracts the curse is that they're going like, wow, this is weird. Everybody's acting strange in this fort. And then at night, they wander around the halls unguarded. Uh, there's a lot of uh, unguarded rooms and halls yeah. and walls when they're supposedly under siege and constantly paranoid. Nobody acts like it at all. Nobody bothers to protect anything. Nobody bothers to check on anyone. Nobody does any watching at all. But they find in a room that has a like latch on the outside so that the person inside can't get out. But there's no like lock. It's not no. hidden. It's, it's very nothing... easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah, it it's just in a common hallway where everybody can see it. But also, this is apparently where the commander of the fort, who's kind of portrayed as a good guy, but, oh god, is, uh, has held his son captive, his, like, six-year-old, because Mm -hmm. his wife and his son contracted the disease first, and he told everybody that they're both dead, but his son is actually alive. The one girl, Ginger, finds the kid and then gets bitten by him. And then she starts turning into a werewolf. So that's the thing. And that's the family devotion thing, is that he doesn't tell anyone else in the fort that his son is bitten and isn't actually dead because he doesn't want them to kill his son. And And then then that's what ultimately takes the whole thing down. And that's what takes the whole thing down. And then she also, like the other sister, hides her sister's bite and protects Mm -hmm. her. And they do that until everybody dies. So, I right. mean, I guess that the but thing this is, is, scene is don't don't love your family because your family will kill everyone around you. But this is seen as a good thing in the movie. That's the problem. Maybe? At, at the end, this is the good thing that she chose her sister over saving the hunter. I guess? Because she's devoted. Like, you don't understand. This is made for teenagers that, like, circle the choke me. Daddy, I heard it, heard it, and then put a star next to it. They're like, "Yeah, choke me," and then like mm. they they put underline it and go back to that page later. Yeah, this is this is who that's for. Yeah, like like yeah. oh yeah, love me, suffocate me, destroy me. <laughs> like it's that person. It it that's is it has is that vibe. Yeah, it's I guess I just and it's in gel pen with sparkly purple color. Like that's what it is. Yeah, so I mean, I guess maybe that's the message, is that love your family even if it destroys everything around you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which And also if you turn into stupid. a goth girl at the same time, that's, that's That'll be rad ideal as hell. situation. That's rad, yeah. That'll yeah. be great. I, I want to, okay, something I need to, I need to say this, yeah. because it bothers me so much. So there's the whole curse, and the elder at the beginning of the movie tells them very cryptically, Black and red, one sister will kill the other or else kill the boy. Like, kill the boy or else the one sister kills the other. And does this whole cryptic thing. About three quarters or maybe even like, like right near the end of the movie, they go back to the seer because the the hunter, God, I can't believe they don't even give them Van Helsing. Yeah. Yes, Van Helsing brings them back Laura to the Croft seer. Laura Croft Sing. 
And he's like, oh, I was prophesied to be with you and, and tell you all this and bring you back to her. And so he brings them back to the seer and they go, oh, like I couldn't, because she fails to kill the son. She doesn't want to kill mm -hmm. the kid because it's a six-year-old. And so she thinks that it's fucked up, which, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And she goes back to the seer and she goes, oh, I couldn't kill the boy. Like, do I have to kill him? And she goes, well, you're supposed to kill him before he bites you. Tell us how to cure this. I warned you, it's too late. The curse is in the blood. Kill the boy before he bit you. <laughs> you like, idiot. What the fuck? Like, she just tells her straight out, oh, well, what you were supposed to do is you're supposed to go to the fort and then kill the kid before he bites you and not ever get bitten. And then that's the only way to get rid of the curse. Otherwise, you can't do anything. You're like, yeah. Why is she just stating all of the facts straight up now? <laughs> like, there's no cryptic mysticism anymore. There's none of it. She just, just tells her, just, oh, oh, you fucked up. No, that was supposed to be a long time ago. I don't know why. <laughs> Dummy, you were supposed to kill him immediately. <laughs> like, I mean, uh... it, it's because they're talking to the audience. And it, it's the exact same thing as the, uh, the scene when, after the dinner... The girls mm. go upstairs, and then Ginger's like, these people are all fucked up. Which is the only swear word in the whole No, movie. they say fuck. No, they say fuck quite a bit. Do they? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, no, there's, I guess, after that, there's like, quite a bit. But, like, she just, out of nowhere, changes character and, like, drops yes. her accent. And is like, yes. wow, these people are real fucked up. And then goes back into her character. Oh, wow, little me. Oh, I got bit. Yeah. Like, she almost she turns into the a camera. new character again. And it's just like... Was that supposed to be sarcasm? Like, what was that? There was nothing there. <laughs> Why did you mm -hmm. do this? Because all the other characters are like, oh, we went, it is 1812 and they were laden with packs out into the wilderness. Like, they're, you know, 1812 yeah. people. Like, and then all of a sudden, man, this is fucked up. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> it would be a more fun movie if they did more of that. If they, they did, yeah. It, it felt out of character instead. Right? Like, mm -hmm. that, I think that's my biggest problem with this film. Like, if we can go into whatever plot, shit happens, the the fort falls, whatever. The, the, the problem I have is, where's the fun? Who is this for? There's no fun. What? There's nothing to keep you engaged. You you did say who this was for. I, choke well, me, daddy. The, the person choke, writing, choke, choke, me. circling choke, choke me, daddy, in their romance novel with hearts. And, yeah, no, that's it. But... But, like, if you're going to make a movie, a horror film, you have you have an idea of, like, what you want to do for the audience. How how I should feel while watching a scene, right? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it's just flat. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest problem is the two main characters. Um, actually, they're played by, what, Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins? I think it's, it's literally yes, the same I two actors, so. like you said. Yeah. Um, I think... One of those characters, whoever plays Ginger, has, like, no emotion. <laughs> and no, she scene. is absolutely she, flat. She has Twilight Syndrome. I think that that's why she's the one that says all these people are fucked up. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so jarring, is because the other girl is putting emotion and acting into things. And, like, and fear she's... and shaking and... She's very flat affect, and so it just comes across as a very breaking kind of moment, even though it's not meant to be, which is... I don't know how they didn't notice that that was a very big, like, smash the fourth wall kind of thing. Like, that her character showed anything at all, and well, that was more, out of place? Yeah, More just that, like, she doesn't... If the other girl had said oh, this is messed up kind of thing, if she'd said something, it would have mm -hmm. still felt in-universe, but because this character is, like, her acting, and I don't know if it's a direction or if she's just that bad of an actress or what, but because of her, the way that she acts, she's so flat, it just feels jarring every time that she talks like that or does things. Yeah, and, like, so later on, she gets her cool Assassin's Creed cloak before she mm -hmm, turns mm -hmm. full goth. This is like pre-goth, you know? <laughs> yeah, when she decides to go out Tween and murder goth. the kid. Yeah. But but like when she's doing 
those scenes where she's in her cloak at first, she'll be like looking to the side and she's supposed to have like a menacing glare. And instead it just looks like she's looking down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you looking at something? Is something over there? What's happening? Like, I don't get a feeling from that scene. No. No. Like, it's weird. And and they try to cover it up with, like, shaky cam to be to add animation to a scene. Yes. Yeah. But it just looks like somebody's shaking a camera. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't add anything to the scene to make it more exciting or interesting or anything. No. To talk about the shaky cam, too, they use that to cover up a lot of the really bad special effects in this. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like... Should we talk about the visuals for a second? I mean, we've basically gone over the plot. The The fort falls, the girls decide we're not going to kill the kid. So instead, they kill everybody else, all the werewolves win, and the two girls become werewolves. That's the end. That's literally yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's it. It is it is a 30-second plot stretched out over a hour and 45 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And But I... When they have, like, the first night attack of these werewolves, they start having, like, the gore of one guy getting pulled through a door, but they can't show any of it because it looks awful, so they just shake the hell out of the camera so you can't see anything. Do you know what other movie in 2004 did a scene of somebody getting pulled out of a window or door? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it sure did, yeah. A lot. Yeah, and that one did it way better, (laughs) Yes, yeah. I even <laughs> think that Shaun of the Dead is a weaker movie than a lot of people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's good, but I think that it's overrated. And man, Shaun of the Dead blows this thing absolutely out of the water. Absolutely. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no comparison, obviously. Yeah. But should we talk about the colors yeah, and stuff so of this movie and the f- actual look? Because I, I, I have too. problems with the visuals, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating because the set design is good. It's a really yes. good set. Yes, actually, yes. It, I it agree. It looks with period. That. It it looks like how it should with a wood fort. There's fire burning mm-hmm. on torches. There's natural lighting, which is There's a lot of cost. Could be good. That's nice. Yeah. Natural lighting could be very good in in the right hands with what they've they've set up. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think that a lot of the costuming is pretty okay for like the the British officers look like officers, mm-hmm. like they've got their red coats properly, and um, the one thing is Van Helsing has, he looks like a Rob, I said that he looks like a Rob, Rob Liefeld character. Yeah. yeah, he he has quite literally six knives across his chest. On top of that, he has two guns in his waist, a bow on his back, and then three or four axes tied to him. It's... <laughs> absolutely absurd it is so yeah. over the top it's amazing he's it's either kind of a the comic best thing book about character him. or a video game character yes it's yeah it's wild <laughs> but all that set design is wasted yeah because the the movie is highly desaturated at times literally mm-hmm. black and white mm-hmm. where i can't even tell what's happening it it's also uh, I don't know what exactly their problem was with lighting. I can't tell what time of day it is half the time. And, it's and it switches, very blue. It switches, like, cut to cut what time of day it is. Um, partly because of saturation problems. But someday, sometimes it'll be, like, bright blue, it's daytime, and then it'll cut to the next scene and it's gray, but it's the same time. And then the next time it's dark, but, like, too dark to see anything, but it's still technically mm-hmm. the same time. And then it's day again, and it's like summer day-to-night shots that have, like, emphasis on the torch lighting, but the lighting's not even from the same place half the time. Sometimes it'll be above, sometimes it's behind, but it's all the same shot. Yeah, there was one in particular for the lighting of, like, the torches, like you were saying, where I've asked mm -hmm. you eventually, I'm like, where is this light source? Because they're talking at the wall, there's the misogynist... Mm -hmm. Uh, soldier guy and the two girls because they were leaving I think Any, anyway it doesn't matter but they're at the gate and yeah they were sneaking out he has a he's looking at them and he's got like a torch on his right but then when they're looking at him from the opposite side they have torch light on the right side of their face 
and it's all super desaturated day to night like yeah kind of that gray blue and it's like okay so there's a torch on the opposite sides of them but like lighting them in different ways it's so fucking weird and that was also when we really had a problem that scene in particular because it was a very very obvious day to night so it was hard for the torchlight like you said it it would have been good if they'd actually used the torchlight, but they always were obviously, like, faking torchlight rather than using the actual natural lighting. And it yeah. ends up being that day to night. And that was the scene where, in particular, at least for me, I, I laughed because they did a time skip at the end of that scene because then there's a night attack and then it goes to morning and it kind of does that by showing like a montage of like a river or whatever like mm -hmm. and then it goes back to the fort like there's an establishing shot to show that time has passed and i went it's darker now than it was at night than <laughs> it was at night yeah because because it was day to night so bad like they lost so much light in there was so much light in the day day to night that it just was too bright they couldn't desaturate it enough to actually make it look like night and so then when they got the morning and they used the natural light again it was darker and it was just and and there's uh, there's one four minute scene where the preacher is like walking the girls along during a werewolf attack and then puts them inside of a house with a werewolf and in mm -hmm. that four minute scene it goes from pitch dark to day to night to lit yep pitch dark mm -hmm. to in the house at daytime tonight to going back to their room and now it's morning yeah and it's like were they in that house for three days what happened <laughs> it was a four minute scene yeah yeah it makes no sense or or the the torch will teleport around while they're talking and it'll be in front of them and then it'll cut to another character and now it's behind that character or above that character and it's mm -hmm. like, where's the torch? <laughs> These are things that you would notice very quickly in editing. You would and think. And you should yes. notice in, in directing if you were thinking about it, right? Like, Yeah. And when we say the torch is going around, what we mean is, uh, like, just to explain, they have, like, a yellow... So the whole scene will be desaturated blue. Like, super, yes. super desaturated except for yellow and orange light on, like, a character's head. So it'll be on, like, the side of their face. But in the middle of that scene, which side of their face it's lighting constantly changes. And, like, it'll be the top of their head, and then the right side of their head, and then the left side so of their face. But they're like not the moving. the characters are moving, but they aren't. Yeah. But they aren't. Yeah, it's just so every time it cuts back to them, they have a new part of it lit, and it's just... You, you need to understand where your lighting's coming from in these scenes... It feels like the torch is on, like, like a stick, and somebody's moving it around during the scene, like, ooh. <laughs> they got a bad boom like mic like, operator, yeah. And, and it, it doesn't help that the movie is so fucking boring that this is the only thing I'm focusing on. Yes, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't I could, normally I could, notice that, but. I could excuse it, but there's mm -hmm. literally nothing happening, so this is what I got. <laughs> Yeah, there's so little else to actually catch on to in this. As you can tell, because we're not talking about the plot. Because there's no. just so little of it. Like, we've explained everything that happens already. It just... I, yeah, I, I was mentioning earlier that it feels like characters are on a set, or they're they're walking mm -hmm. on a stage. Um, the worst character is Owen, who is the leader of the Wall. Form. Yeah, Owen Wallace, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, every single scene, he walks onto set and then rotates 90 degrees. <laughs> he, like, marches in. It's wild. Yeah. It, it looks like somebody said, go. And then he walked <laughs> on the set. <laughs> and or they like didn't he, cut off, they didn't edit out the part where he's walking in, right? Like, or, like, he's, like, a paper puppet that's on, like, a stick. And then they have yeah. to, like, turn him to, like, go to the next, like, because he yeah. flips that full 90 degrees and he just walks in straight lines. And it's just, like, if <sighs> I was directing that person, I'd be like, can you do it naturally? <laughs> <laughs> can you? Okay. Can do another right, take? I... Yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. Can you, I'm going to ask you to do another take, but this time I'd like you to put your mind into the body of a human being <laughs> and then, and <laughs> then animate it. <laughs> Alternatively, he could go way harder on it, and they could make it yes. a joke. 
Yeah, they could have done it as he's like the really stiff commander. Like he's uptight guy, right? asshole guy, and he's got to stick up his ass. But they don't. Or even just that he's the tr- strict commander, like that everybody mm-hmm. follows him because he's like soldiers in line, like mm-hmm. and you know be very commanding and authoritative. And he's he's. I not, figured it out though. Like, I think that actor just started doing that on set, and they just <laughs> rolled with it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm the leader. Well, I should do this. That's what a commander. And then <laughs> that but was like it. none of none of the dialogue or anything else about his character makes you feel like that. Like he's a very wishy washy, like non strict commander in every other aspect. Where like they let the girls in in the beginning, and they go, "Well, we have a rule. Like nobody else is allowed in because they might be a werewolf." And he's like, "I don't know, ah, whatever." Uh, like he's he's, he's very blasé about everything. Like he's very laid back, and it's. What are the character interactions? Do the characters have interactions with each other other than yelling? Not much. I I did like... This is not a character interaction thing, but I guess... Can I say one thing that I sure, kind of sure. liked? They have leeches. I kind of like this. It's a straight rip-off of the thing. It's but just I thought the that thing. it was neat. Yeah. But it, it's, 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 it's an a, interesting idea. It's a good... Yeah, and it's like a good test, and I think that it's a cool thing in a way, where... If you're bitten by a werewolf because the curse goes into your blood and it's transforming you into a monster, what they do is they stick leeches on you. And if the leeches, the leeches will turn into like weird were monster things because the curse is in your blood. And so they use the leeches to detect who's a werewolf, which that was, that was kind of cool. And they don't want to be detected when they're about to turn because they got bit. So they kill the leeches. But then they do a test because you have to you have to you know light the blood on fire to make sure it's not the thing because mm-hmm. so here's here's okay. what annoys me about the leeches I think the leech idea is a good idea and yeah. I think it was executed okay uh, yeah specifically the leech needs to be on the chest though which I think is fucking weird <laughs> if it's well, in the blood. If it's in your system, why why does it need to be at the heart of the circulatory system to test the blood? It doesn't need to be on the chest because they test her in the first part because she has her leg injured and they say, oh, it's a bite. They put it on the leg. They, and they put it on the leg where the bite is. But but later on, they say it has to be on the chest and they I don't only think they say will test it, it on the chest. I don't think that they say that they have to, but he makes that one guy do it. I don't think that there's a reason for why he makes him do it. Well, when, this is the when guy catch, that's getting... Yeah, but when they catch Ginger, they're like, okay, we have to put it on the chest again. It, it's like they, they don't know their own rules. I, yeah, I they never explicitly state that. They just seem to like putting it on the chest, and I don't know why. There's no reason for it. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you, really. Yeah. It's just, they never explicitly state it has to be on the chest. It's just, the doctor makes the one guy put it on his chest instead of his arm, and I... For no explanation. And then later on when they do Bridget, they want to put it on her chest with no so, explanation. This is also weird. So Wallace Owen uh, goes to save Ginger, who is about to be leech tested. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, I have to put the leech on her. It's the only way we know. And then Wallace is like, don't do it or I'll kill you. And then he tries to do it and then he kills him. Yep. And everybody else in the room goes, that was smart. That was a good idea. I agree, and we should keep following you. Yeah, that was... What? Because they were mutinying at that point. Yes. At that point, they, they're they saying, like, we don't trust you anymore. Obviously, your judgment's compromised. These two women are... She's prob- almost certainly a werewolf. Like, it's pretty obvious. She has literal fangs at this point. It's, yeah, she just walks on set with fangs, and everybody and, else is like, that looks normal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's probably just a little under the weather. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And the, the dumbest characters. So they go to put leeches on her, like, and then he shoots him. And the other guys have their guns pointed on the commander. Because they say, like, no, we have to test her. And they pull out mm. guns, and there's, like, a, a standoff where he's got his gun pointed at the doctor, and, like, two other people, the reverend and the misogynist, have their guns trained on the commander, and he shoots the doctor, and then they go, well, I guess nothing can be done. They put well, their guns away. All right, yeah, that was that. And then they just start following him again, and you're like, well, but, but, I... 
It would have made sense. And this is where we're talking about how he walks so stiffly and it feels like he could have been a very authoritative figure. They could have had him at this point be like, stand in! Like, do you know what I mean? Like yelling Mm -hmm. at them and being like, you know, like, I'm the commander. Them. I'm the one that yeah. I'm the one that brought us here. I'm your commander. You will not mutiny against me. Like make him be an intimidating, authoritative figure. And they just don't. They just don't. There's no reason for them to do it. He shoots the doctor, and then they go, ah, sigh, put their guns away, and he goes, All right, see you later, and turns around and walks out of the room. And that's it. Well, it's because the scene ended. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The scene's over. We have to go to the next scene. I, there's some there's some real frustrating like movie stuff in this film mm-hmm. I think the the plot whatever the characters not good yeah. I, I maybe like one character in this whole movie and it's the hunter I guess yeah he's fun he's kind he's, of fun because he's goofy and he's out of yes. place uh-huh. and that's the the closest we get to a character that has fun in this movie yeah mm-hmm. and he has a dog for like two minutes. <laughs> He's got a dog a couple of different times that he whistles at. He's got, like, this wolf yeah. dog. It's great. And even when Ginger transforms, Ginger isn't fun. No. Like, she, she's a goth witch in an Assassin's Creed hoodie. Mm-hmm. And she's walking around being like, I'm so goth! And she's, she's throwing around, like, one-liners and, like, come closer. It's a secret. I'm gonna bite you. And stuff like that. Oh, and, like, even that isn't, like, witty or sarcastic or fun. She's or just fun. bland. Yeah. yeah, like, they could have made it super gory at that point and have her going around, like, cackling, slicing them all Anything. apart and doing things. And, like, no. She just kind of... And, like, they don't give her... If they gave her, like, a really cool transformation or something. But what they do is they give her a hoodie to hide her face because they can't afford any real special effects on her. Which, I mean, I get it. It's an indie movie. But... When they yeah. do give her special effects, she is just pale white with contact lenses that make her eyes yellow. And fake nails. And, oh, yeah, they do the fake nails at one point, yeah. Yeah, that's but cheap, like, though. You just, you just put a nail on. It's, <laughs> but, like, there's nothing interesting about that. Like, there's no cool, weird And, and she doesn't really change in character. No. Yeah. Like, she's flat throughout this movie. She most is of the so movie, flat. she's flat. And and even when she's transforming, it'll just like hard cut to her. She'd be like, "I'm gonna kill you, Bridget," and then it'll cut back, and like, and she's still meek and mm-hmm. and whiny, and it's just like, "What the fuck were they going for? <laughs> is this is this what Ginger Snap fans want? Is this what this director thought was way better than any of the direct Hollywood is putting out nowadays? <laughs> like, what is this?" Yeah, and I I wanted to say, like, just as another example of you talking about, like, how the writing and all of it is very tropey and staid and how easy it is to predict things, uh, there is a moment where there's the Mm. jump scare where you literally count down to it with exact timing. Over here, I'm not going to hurt you. (sighs) Loud noise in three, two, one. Because it's so obvious, and that just encapsulates this movie for me. So if we're going to talk about numbers, I think we should just rate the dogs in this film and then be done, because I'm pretty done with this. I, if I can literally count down your your shitty jump scare, though, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Um, the dogs. So the hunter has a really cool dog, and then that dog just leaves at some point, unexplained and unannounced. Uh, and that dog is really cool, and it's like a wolf dog kind of thing, and it's super mm-hmm, friendly mm-hmm. and fuzzy, and loves pets, and is very protective. And that's like an easy twelve out of ten dog. It left the film knowing it was bad. It, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Its agent was like, you need to get the fuck out of Ginger Snaps 3. As soon as possible. You need to, this will end your career. Yeah. Good Good 12, yep. 12 out of 10 dog there for me too. It it knew when to, to leave that movie, which was about five minutes in. Yeah, and all the, all the werewolves are like howling werewolves. It's fine. 
Uh, they're very rubber suity. Rubber suit, yeah. Really they, poor. Really, they didn't poor. have any confidence in their costuming for their werewolves at all. Most of them are in pitch black lighting. You can't see. Well, shit. they shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't be. I mean, yeah. And you'd say, well, yeah, keeping them in pitch black adds to the tension, but it really doesn't. It doesn't. In no, this. it's those are like used seven to out of ten dogs. Stuff. They're very low rated. Yeah, I wouldn't. What would you give the boy? What about the what about the little six year old? The, the little scampering six year old who runs around on all fours like a beetle, <laughs> who doesn't at all look like a, a werewolf or a dog. No. He's got like a really fucked up face. I actually kind of liked the effects on his face. I know that you said they looked bad, but I, I thought they were okay. It's just it didn't I, feel werewolfy. I don't know. That's barely a werewolf. <laughs> But that means that he, I'm going to give him, so you know what? I'm going to put him as a nice 9 out of 10 because he's not one of the werewolves, which are obvious 7 out of 10 garbage, and he's not the 12 out of 10 actual dogs. So there we go. I wouldn't say he's the bottom of the well of werewolves in this movie, mm-hmm. but he has, <laughs> oh he has at least a grudge out of 10. God. His dad, the commander, eventually shoots him to stop the mutiny and throws him down a well. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and then uh, and then the last like, thing, goth out of ten. I don't whatever. I don't I, well, I I want to rate one last character, which is of course the good boy, the hunter, who I'm mm, going to mm. rate a six knives out of ten. Six knives. Yeah, I was gonna call him. I, I think he's very Van Helsing, but he's more like Johnny Six Knives. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. He's got six knives. That's why they call him that. Johnny Six Knives, two axes, three guns. And you have to name the whole name every time you talk to him. Every time. It's really required. really slows the movie down. It's kind of how we had that whole problem where there's just too much in the middle of this thing. <laughs> where it's yep. It just doesn't seem to want to get with the plot. You just got Johnny keeps coming in and they go, oh, hey, look, it's the hunter. Johnny, six knives, two axes, three guns, and a bow. And it just, every, every time, time. it's the great. Yeah. Every time, yeah. Yep. Uh, that's Ginger Snaps 3 slash Ginger Snaps Back, the beginning. Uh, it's worthless a drag. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Rough Cuts, everyone. We appreciate it. We've gotten down to almost 30,000 downloads. We have almost 150 episodes. We really appreciate you being here for the many years that we've been doing this. And you can check us out on Twitter and co-host and Patreon. We really appreciate all the support that people have been giving us. Uh, we're at Rough Cuts Cast on Twitter and on Patreon, and you can also email us there, roughcutscast at gmail.com. Yeah. Bloody Disgusting rated it five out of five stars and said, It surpasses its prude, prude, two predecessors by leaps and... I, okay, I need to start... Oh, God. I can't, I can't even read it.